Praise the Lord, saints. So good to see you all this morning. God bless you. Welcome to New Life Christian Ministries. We're so glad that you chose uh, to come here today. You're not here just because it's Palm Sunday. Neither are you here by accident. You're here because God wants you to hear this message that he's given to us today on this March 28th, 2021. We're going into a new series and it's called The Kingdom Within. And the title of today's message is Life on the Other Side of the Cross. Uh, in our last series, we learned how to live the Christ life. By picking up our crosses, we, gave our, we give up our lives to follow him. Our crosses transition into tables that lead sinners to a bridge. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, they are drawn to Christ and eternal life and gain access to his kingdom now. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have, we have been transitioned into the kingdom of God right now. Listen to me. You do not have to die in order to have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You do not have to die in order to experience God's glory and his power. Power right now in your life so much of so we've been taught so much that we don't get to heaven or we don't get to experience the wonders and beauty of heaven until we die but that's not true Jesus said I came to give you life and life more abundantly and that life starts now nothing has to wait for death except these bodies fall and our spirits go to be with Jesus for all of eternity but however listen to this knowledge listen to this you right now, if you've been born again, you are seated in Christ right now in heavenly places. Your spirit is already with him. Yes, your feet are on the ground, but your spirit is in Christ right now. And that's what we're going to be learning about. We're going to be learning about what happens to a person who has given their life to Jesus Christ. What happens to a person who has picked up their cross and denied their self and have the life of, of Christ through the Holy Spirit right now? Now. Who wants kingdom life now? We got to have it now, church. We need it now. This world is a sad, sad place. This world is, I just wonder what kind of songs B.B. King would be writing right now if he was alive. There's a lot of blues going on out there. But listen, the blues isn't our background music. Praise and worship is our background music because in spite of what's going on in the world and around us, God is still good. I mean, he was good when he said, let there be light. And he was good when he said that he was here, that the Messiah is here. He was good when he died on the cross for our sins. He was good when he went to heaven and was seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's still good right now. And the Bible says this, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. But can I keep it real with you? Sometimes I don't feel happy. Sometimes I don't feel it. And Pastor Jim sent me a text message on yesterday, and I'm going to share some of that message with you, what I wrote to him, because he asked me how I was doing. 
And it's good to have brothers and sisters in Christ that ask you how you're doing, especially when they're led by the Holy Spirit to ask you. So listen, when someone crosses your mind, don't let them just cross your mind without reaching out to them and saying, hey, the Lord just put you on my mind and I just want to check on you. So he did that to me yesterday and said, hey, man, how are you doing? And this was my response. I said, going well, man, but I think he's having me live this next series before teaching it. So I'm feeling kind of down, but I understand why. The older I get, the less satisfied I am with earthly things. Just no real joy in them. Going to be teaching about the kingdom and how righteousness, peace, and joy are all spiritual. So we must be in the spirit or crucified to obtain them. So foolish to think anything we can see or that's temporary can produce any lasting joy. So I was just keeping it real with him because I've just been I've been, I've been a little bit sad recently. And it's, it's, it's not a spiritual thing. It's a physical thing. It's a carnal thing. And I was just keeping it real like, man, I'm just not happy in this world. And I've been thinking, I don't have a death wish. I'm not morbid. But I've been thinking like Paul thought a little bit. Just like, you know what? It would just be better if I was with Jesus. It would just be better if I was there. Well, then I think about my kids and I think about you guys and say, well, you know, that time will come and I've still got work to do. But this, this sadness that I've been feeling is just because there's just no joy of this world. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's no joy. I can buy new pants. These are new pants, by the way. I can buy new pants, but this feels good for a second until they, you know, Oh, man, I don't really save my money, but these were on sale, 50% off clearance, all right? Anyway, how many are guilty of that? You see, I, I know some of you got the Amazon. You, 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 you're, you're looking on Amazon for joy. And you know what? Sometimes I put stuff in my cart, but I don't buy it. Anybody do that? You put stuff in your cart. It felt good to put it in the car, but I ain't buying it. You know, it was fun to put it in there. So I guess, I don't know, that's, that's the new window shopping, I guess. All right? Because it feels good for a little while to buy something. Or it feels good for a little while to eat something new. But then afterwards, there's just no joy. And the reason is, well, let me finish what I was saying to him. I said um, this. So foolish to think that anything that we see uh, or that's temporary, can produce any lasting joy. It's like letting all the air out of a balloon or unplugging an appliance and all the meat spoiling. When the flesh is unplugged from all the world's joys, a great emptiness occurs. So when you stop getting joy from the world's experiences, there's a part of you as you die to yourself that is just like, oh man, there's just nothing good here. So if you've picked up your cross to deny yourself, you get less enjoyment from the things of this world. I still love the Buckeyes, but I don't have to watch the Buckeyes. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's still things that I like, but I don't love them anymore. That doesn't mean I like Michigan either, but I'm just saying... I'm just saying there's some things that don't excite me anymore now that I have this cross. Now that I'm denying myself, the, the depression and the sadness comes from this. That when you are denying yourself of worldly pleasure, if you don't take it spiritual, you'll just be sad. Because when you're denying yourself of all the world's pleasure, what is there to grab down here? 
What can make you happy down here? There's nothing that can give you true lasting joy down here. So then everything must become spiritual as it relates to your joy, your peace, your happiness, your righteousness. It's got to become something that is spiritual. So Matthew 5 and 3 say this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we've got to be poor in spirit. Now, we're not poor and, and, and despondent and beat down as it relates to this world. God is blessing us. God is good. We'll always have what we need. But when you pick up the cross to deny yourself, you become poor in spirit. You recognize that this world is no longer good. Yes, you got raises, and yes, you've got credit cards and better cars and, and houses and nice clothes and all all these things, but when you become more of a spiritual being in Christ, those things just lose their luster. And if you can, if you look back into the world to find joy, it will, it will sadden you because nothing is as good as Jesus. Nothing is as good as this spiritual joy that we found. So Jesus says, blessed are those that are poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But I ended the text with this, and I told Jim, you asked, because he got this big, long text. I said, man, you asked me, so this is what you get. I said this, after the, unplu after the unplugging of the flesh, but then spiritual connections begin to grow, and true joy through the Holy Spirit can come. The fruit of the Spirit, the joy of the Lord, all available only through the kingdom Jesus came to offer. All those who deny themselves and follow him in his presence alone. Can you say that, church? In his presence alone is fullness of joy. Listen to this, church. Listen. Joy is spiritual. It always has been, always will be. We somehow confuse the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life with joy. And that's not joy. It's sin. And the pleasures of sin are just temporary. So when you're carrying a cross and following Christ, and part of you looks back just like Lot's wife did, there's nothing but death there. And I thought to myself, even I, I even said this to myself when I was in, in this state, when I didn't have the revelation yet, okay? I said to myself, and listen, and listen, 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 listen to this revelation I had, because some of you might be living it right now. I let a lie come in my mind. And the lie that came in my mind was this. You know what? I had more fun before Christ than I'm having right now. Church say that's a lie. It's a lie. The reason it's a lie is because that fun was not fun. It was the pleasures of sin. And the wages of sin equal death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And so that fun was no fun at all. It was a trick. You see, the devil has to put sugar in the medicine, in the poison rather, to make you drink it. So that's why sin appears to be fun because if sin was boring, he couldn't get you to do it. There would be no temptation in it. So it appears to be fun and exciting and thrilling just so he can get you to enjoy it and, take part and partake of it so that you can have the same ending he will. Don't believe the lie. 
We did not have more fun before we were Christians. That we were just enjoying the pleasures of sin, which are temporary, but have long-lasting death attached to them. But we thank God now that the true fun is on this side of the cross. The true joy, the true peace is on this side of the cross. And my dad used to sit up here at the, in this pulpit and he would say it out in public. And I'm like, man, this is not true. That's not true at all. He would say, he would say this, boy, it sure is fun being saved. And I'm like, man, no, it is not this is the most boring life ever. We go to church on Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday morning choir practice. This is not fun. But what I didn't recognize at that age, it was that I still really belonged to the world and I did not have a revelation of the fun he was talking about. You see, true fun is joy. True fun is freedom in Christ. The ability to not be addicted to anything. The ability to forgive people when they wrong you. The ability to rebuke Satan and put hands on the sick and they recover. That's the fun life. That's the kingdom life that Jesus Christ came to give us, but it's only apparent and only available to those who have died to themselves and found Jesus Christ. Church, pray for me. Pray that the rest of my life I will have fun in Christ, that I will never think those thoughts of looking back and saying that it was funner over there. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That is just me hearing the sounds of the festivals and the carnivals in a moment of, in a brief moment of, of, of introspect and allowing the enemy to lie to me. The kingdom of God is at hand. We must walk freely into this kingdom while we are alive and enjoy its benefits. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Verses 16 through 17. Kids in the room, teenagers in the room, young people in the room who don't yet have Christ, I promise you, I, I wasn't always a pastor. I wasn't always a police officer. I lived on the other side. The alcohol, the girls, the partying, the going to bars, the clubs. I went there and I did all of that and I'm back to report, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It just makes it look fun. The world just makes dying look fun. The world makes the entrance to hell look fun. Sin, a sinful lifestyle is just the entrance to hell. And it's got to look, it's gotta look like, like Las Vegas and not Pandora to get you there. I don't mean to offend anyone from Pandora. I'm just saying there's not a light, there's not a lot of lights, and there's not a big strip that runs through Pandora and, and wheel, Ferris wheels and all that kind of stuff, okay? God bless Pandora and Las Vegas, okay? But sin has to look like Las Vegas. It has to be bright. It has to look fun and exciting, okay? It has to be a draw to get you there. But it's all a trap because when you get there and all the lights are there, all of a sudden when you step into sin, all the lights go out and the demonic powers come out and they say, we got you. Now you're hooked on this and now you can't, now you can't shake us and now you're going to crave this stuff, but it's going to tear your soul apart. Now you're going to crave this woman or crave this young man, but 
but it's gonna, they're going to rip your heart out. The, it's all a trick and it's all a lie. That's why Jesus said that we must deny ourselves because if we don't deny ourselves, we will chase after that which is wicked and no good. And the great danger of that is we find what we've been chasing and we'll become lost there. But the kingdom of God has appeared on this earth and we, brothers and sisters, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And by the end of this series, I pray that we will be so done with this world that we will say, God, I don't want no parts of this world, no enjoyment in this world. I just want you. I'd rather binge pray than binge watch Netflix. I'd rather give an offering than shop on Amazon. I'd I'd rather just give my all to you than to, to spend anything on me. That's when you know that you've entered into the realm of the kingdom of God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4 verses 16 through 17. It says this. This was after Jesus had went through temptation and then he um, was making his first public appearance. We're in Matthew 4 verses 16 through 17 and it says this. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Now, that light is not Las Vegas. That light is not the open sign on a bar. That light is not the lights at the mall or the notifications on our phone. The people who sat in darkness, so we're not talking about na uh, natural darkness. We're talking about spiritual darkness. People who, do not, who did not know Christ. People who had souls that would be lost. The people who sat in darkness have seen seen a great light. This was Isaiah's prophecy. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. So what this means is that while we were sinners, the light of God hit us through uh, the Holy Spirit's drawing us into salvation, the salvation that Jesus brings. And from that moment, the, the word says in verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, so this was his first sermon. This is what he began to preach publicly, okay? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or it is near, or it is available. But in order to receive a church, we must first repent. Church, can you say repent? So in order to receive the kingdom of heaven or enter into the kingdom of God, you have to repent first. That does not mean sin and then ask for forgiveness and then sin the same sin and ask for forgiveness a million times in a row. To repent means that, okay, I have sinned against you, God. And I'm not going this way anymore. I'm going to repent, which means to turn into another direction. And now I'm going to walk this way. Now, like I said, every once in a while, there will be those urges that make you want to reach back for what you left behind. But you've got to begin to pray and say, God, I thank you that I am free from sin. I am free from this world and I am going to follow you. So entrance into the kingdom of heaven only comes through repenting. So don't fool yourselves. To repent means to turn from evil 
and follow God. It does not mean to just keep telling God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That just means that we are sorry. We're too sorry to really change our heart. We're too sorry to really turn from the sin. You see, you won't really repent until you have found the joy of Jesus Christ to be greater than the temporary pleasures of sin. That's repentance. That's God. I don't want to find any joy in this sin anymore. I want to turn my heart fully to you. So no more of this. I want you. And Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God, our God with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. So that's what true repentance is. You are going to sin. Some of you are going to sin today. Some of you already sin today. But what you must do is repent. Say repent. Repent means, God, I sinned. I I'm not going to hide this thing because David tried to hide it at first. I'm not going to hide this thing, God, because you see it already. I repent of my sin, and I'm going to turn from this wicked way. I'm going to pick up my cross and begin to follow you again. So what then is the kingdom of God? In the, in the dictionary, the definition of a kingdom is this, and it's just so awesome. The domain, so it's a king's domain. What is a kingdom? A kingdom is a king's domain. It's where the king rules. So if the king of, of oh, not queen, not a, there's not a king of England yet because the queen is 9,000 years old. Um, when the king of England is, is announced, if he comes to Lima, all right, and says, hey, I want you, officer, Go over there and arrest that man. He didn't bow to me or greet me as king. I would say, uh, listen here, buddy. You in Lima now. Your kingdom's on the other side of the pond. You don't have dominion here. Man, this is powerful. Get this. It's the same with Satan. Once you've been born again and into the kingdom of God, he's got no rule over your home, over your health, over your children. He can't put fear in us, and we can tell him just like I tell the king. Listen here. You don't rule this territory anymore. You don't have dominion here. Say dominion. Dominion is rulership, and where, where a kingdom is reign, reign, where king reigns, rather. So that definition, again, of a kingdom is the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ extends, whether in heaven or on earth. So listen, Ohio has borderlines. America has borderlines. England has borderlines. But the kingdom of God is spiritual and sovereign and there are no borders to his kingdom. No matter how far you look with a telescope, you cannot see the end of God's kingdom. No matter how far we drill down into the earth's crust, we cannot see the end of his kingdom. It is spiritual. It is everywhere. He owns it all. That's the kingdom of God. And we gain entrance into that kingdom by repenting of our sins and believing on the Lord Jesus. First Chronicles 29, 11 says this, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine 
thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. So listen, although on this Palm Sunday, they tore down the, 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 the palm leaves and put them on the ground for Jesus to cross over, even if they did not acknowledge him as the king of Jerusalem, he was the king of the universe already. That's why he said, if I tell them to be quiet, even the rocks will cry out. Why is that? Because his dominion is even over the rocks. Everything he created, he dominates. Amen? Let's go to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. We're learning what is the kingdom of God. Romans 14, 17 says this, for the kingdom of God is not, well, let me give you some backstory. They were arguing about whether or not um, certain meat can, could be eat, uh, eaten or not, okay? So I don't remember if it was the meat that was sacrificed to idols or whatever it might be. They were saying, we can't do this. This will cause us to be in sin. And, 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 and the argument, Paul's argument was, no, it's not what we do that gives us righteousness anyway. And he, he concluded it with this. Romans 14, 17 says this, for the kingdom of God, say this with me, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hold up one finger. Hold up one finger. Say righteousness. Hold up a second finger. Say peace. Hold up the third finger. Say joy, righteousness, peace, joy, righteousness, peace. Everybody, joy, righteousness, peace, joy. That is, that is the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom of God is. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Not in the earth. Not in Amazon. Not in Cracker Barrel. Not in new clothes. Not in your family getting together. Not in a dream wedding. Not in retirement. Not in any of those things, okay? For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you now see why it is so important to have the Holy Ghost inside of you and active? Because he brings the kingdom of God to you in righteousness, peace, and joy. So anytime you are bored out of your mind, you've got to say, I've got no right to be bored. I have the righteousness of God living on the inside of me. I have total peace with God and I have joy. Church, can you say joy? I think that's one of the missing pieces of all this. I know that you believe that you have righteousness. I know that you believe that you have peace with God. But that joy part, I think, falls to the ground sometimes. There's just not enough joy in the church today. There's not enough joy in the kingdom of God and his people. And the reason why is because we have just enough flesh alive right now to look for joy in the world. And joy doesn't come from the things of this world. Joy only comes from the Holy Spirit who gives us access to the kingdom of God right now. 
righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. How does the Holy Ghost deliver these three, three things to us? Righteousness, number one. If the Holy Spirit doesn't draw us to Christ, then we don't receive salvation. So through the drawing of the Holy Spirit we not, and faith, we have righteousness in Christ. Through the Holy Spirit, we have peace with God because he's the one that led us to Christ. And when in Christ, we lack nothing. In Christ, we are complete. In Christ, not only do we have peace, but we're also able to give peace. And finally, joy comes through the Holy Ghost because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And as the Holy Spirit, see, listen, the Spirit of the Lord is ours. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead also will quicken our mortal bodies at that time. But he's also in us right now, leading us and guiding us. So if I have the same spirit of Jesus Christ, then I have access to the same joy. Listen to me, saints. The devil will grab a hold of your flesh if you leave any of it dangling. You've got to be so disassociated with this world to say, God... All my joy comes from you. Here's a great danger. Oh, man, we do this all the time. Oh, God, if you bless me with this new job, I just know things will go well. I'll be happy then. I'll have joy then. Oh, God, if I could just find a spouse, then I would have joy. Oh, God, if my loud neighbors would just move, then I would have joy. Oh, God, if my boss would just retire because he's been here forever, or if my boss would just, just promote somebody, then I would have joy. And God's like, no, 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 no. You already have joy your joy is spiritual. That's our problem. We think joy comes from perfect circumstances. We think joy comes from when things are going right, an anniversary, a birthday, Christmas. But joy is not something that you can see. Joy is something that we experience through the Holy Spirit. Pray this with me, saints. Jesus, my prayer is that I may experience the joy of the Holy Spirit every day of my life with no competition. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, 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 listen. Things don't make you happy. You should already be happy. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. The only, time you don't, the only time you don't experience happiness anymore is when you wake up that carnal flesh. And when that flesh says, I'm bored, or I used to have a lot more fun. Or, and, and here's the reason that I said that I, um, it seemed like I had more fun before I came to Christ. It wasn't because I was enjoying sin, but I just looked at myself and said, you know what? I used to laugh a lot more. Why don't I laugh as much as I used to. I mean, I used to laugh all the time. But then I think about, man, I got such serious jobs. A police officer, serious job. Pastor, serious job. Husband, father, serious job. And I'm thinking like, man, when do I get to have fun? Or when can I laugh again? And God's like, he's probably just shaking his head like this silly boy, silly, silly boy. Joy is yours now. You're just looking in the wrong places. 
church, sometimes we look in the wrong places for joy, but joy is already ours and laughter can be ours too. Let's go to Luke chapter 17. Verses 20 through 37. We just learned what the kingdom of God is. Now we're going to learn where the kingdom of God is. We're in Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 20. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, listen up church, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. And some translations say, in you or at hand, very near. Verse 22, then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns. And I think that's the ache in my heart right now. Remember I said I just so bored, I just want to go with him. You know, you should be experiencing that right now. That should be happening inside of you right now. Like this earth is not enough. I'm tired of this earth. People are crazy. I just want to be with Jesus forever. All right. My heart longs for heaven. Okay. That should be the cry of your heart right now. All right. And he says this. The time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it. People will tell you, look, there is a Son of Man, or here he is, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to other, the other, so will it be on that day. I got to pause for a minute. Father, I just pray for those who are affected by the tornadoes and storms in the South, God. We lift them to you now in Jesus' name. Every house, every church, every business that was destroyed, God, we pray that you would move in through your church, God, and those whose hearts are for you, that they would go and lend a hand and be a blessing, God, for all those who have lost so much. But God, we do praise you that the loss of life was very minimal during those storms, God. We thank you for saving people's lives, and now I pray, God, that they would turn their hearts and minds to you for salvation. Help them to see, God, although that their houses may be in a heap, a rubble heap, God, they still have their life, God, and make them think about eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So it will be on that day when the Son of Man comes. But first, the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. When the Son of Man returns, listen, listen, guys, listen. Tell me if this does not sound like today. It will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the day of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual, right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person in the field must not return home. Remember what happens to happen to Lot's wife, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. 
Two women will be grinding flour together at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. Where will this happen, Lord? The disciples asked. Jesus replied, just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Eric and Bud, if I can get you to come here and please um, take this stand and move it uh, towards the back for me. Let's give these guys a hand. You guys are so strong. Thank you. Don't break it. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. So now we're going to talk about life on the other side of the cross. Uh, So beautifully, God gave us examples and demonstrations during the last series about what it looks like to uh, leave this world behind and gain entrance into, I'm sorry, and, and to die to ourself that we might have life in Christ. Don, if I could get you back up here, I'm going to uh, do this illustration one more time because now there is a greater revelation to what God uh, is presenting us this morning uh, for the kingdom of God. So go ahead and face the, the screen there and, uh, yep, arms out. So, Jesus Christ, he says that if any of us desire to follow after him, that we must be his disciples, we must deny ourselves, pick up our crosses, and follow him. Now, the cross is an instrument of death. It's where we die to ourselves and live to God. It's where our carnal nature is destroyed, our sinful nature is destroyed, and if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So before we come to salvation, we come with our own garbage. We come with our sins. We come with doing things our way. We come with our righteousness, okay? And our righteousness, all that matters is that we are right. It doesn't matter if what people think about us. It doesn't matter about what they believe. All that matters is that we are right. If I'm a Republican, I'm right. If I'm a Democrat, I'm right. If I'm white, I'm white, right. (laughs) If I'm black, I'm right. So our righteousness is all that matters on this side of the cross. And we're trying our best to live a good life. thinking that if we do enough good works and live uh, 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 in front of people uh, in a good way that we'll receive righteousness and have eternal life in Christ. Our life on this side of the cross, we try to look for peace. And we try to find peace in the things that brings us peace. We don't care about your peace, and we don't care too much about what God says brings us peace, but if I got enough money in the bank, I've got peace. If I got the job, or the the wife, or the spouse I've always wanted, or the car that I desire, I've got peace. I'm looking for peace in the way that I can get it. If I got to step on people to get it, that's okay. It's my climb to the top. Whatever brings me peace, whatever makes me happy, is all that matters. And on this side of the cross, whatever brings me joy is okay with me. You don't got to know about it. You don't have to know what I'm doing at night on my phone or on the internet. That if I got caught, I'd be ashamed. But it brings me joy. It's all about my joy. What I do in the dark, that's my joy. But if God knew about it, which he does know about it, it would bring me conviction. So that's what this bag is full of. It's my old life, my righteousness, my peace, my joy 
which is really nothing at all. It might as well be an empty suitcase. And when I come to Christ, I've got to give it all up. I've got to give up my entire life. I'm no longer responsible for my righteousness, no longer responsible for my peace, no longer responsible for my joy, because in me is no good thing. So if there's no good thing in me, how can I have righteousness? If there's no good thing in me, how can I obtain peace in this life? Or how can I have joy in this life? If there's no good thing in me, all the joy I go after will be sinful, will be dirty, will be carnal, because it's all coming from me and what I want. And Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you've got to pick up your cross and deny yourself. And what God gave me is that the entrance to this Christ life is is in the shape of a cross. And it's like a doorway. And if I try to get in here with this baggage, then I can't fit in. I can't get into the kingdom. But if I deny myself, church say deny yourself. To deny yourself means to let go of your life and let go of your way. And then I am able to fit in through the cross. It's the way of the cross that brings me life. But now the revelation is this. Now Jesus taught us how to live the Christ life by denying ourselves and after we die to ourselves, that means that I am empty of Damien, okay? And on this side of the cro- cross, I am full of the Spirit of God. I am full of the Holy Spirit. I have gained access to the kingdom of God right now. I don't have to die to be righteous. I've got righteousness already through Christ and the Holy Spirit. I have peace with God now. You're not born with peace of God, the peace of God. Every single person born in this world is born a sinner and they do not have peace with God. You do not obtain peace with God until you have an experience with the cross and say, I've got to die to myself. I've got to be born again. To be born again does not mean this. When you're born again, you don't die and go immediately to heaven, but heaven comes immediately to you. When you die and you are born again, the king, you don't leave and go to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God comes to you and you be, you receive righteousness. You receive peace and you receive the joy in the Holy Spirit on this side of the cross. On this side of the cross, I lack nothing. On this side of the cross, I'm always looking to fill my bag with the next thing. Amazon doesn't make me happy. That's why the boxes keep showing up. You open the box, happy for five seconds, next year it's in the garage sale. It's only temporary on this side. Do you hear what I am trying to tell you? Every joy on this side is temporary. And if you, if you give up Jesus to lay hold of life on this side, you'll lose your soul. The Bible says if you give up your life, you will find it. But if you don't lose it, if you, if you find your life, you'll, you'll lose it. But if you give it up for his sake, you'll find it. Amen? All right. Thanks, Don. Let's give Don a, a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go now to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. We're about to learn, and this is good, saints. We're about to learn what life looks like on the other side of the cross. The other side of the cross. It's not good enough just to say that you're a Christian but not be experiencing the Christ life. And that's another reason for depression. 
when you say that you're saved, but you're not experiencing the righteousness, peace, and joy that the Holy Spirit's supposed to be bringing to your life. All right, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, it talks about going to the other side. And that's exactly the revelation that God wants to bring us right now. You see these eight signs on the wall that talk about life and rest? I don't believe that all of you are living this. And so what we're going to do, we're going to be starting some classes very soon so that you cannot just see this as something that's on the wall, but it'll be something that's in your heart and you're experiencing right now, that you're experiencing the love of God, that you are walking in the identity of Christ, that you're full of the Lord's faith, and that you're living out your eternal purpose, that your life is full of rest and not work. You're not striving for things. You're just at peace and at rest, and your whole life is not not built on your imagination and what you think of, but you've given your life to God and he speaks to you by revelation through his word and through those that are, are have been tasked with delivering his word. You've been empowered by his word. You have been empowered by the strategies that he's given you to live your life and your life ends in triumph. But after life and after rest, we now are able to enter into the kingdom of God. This is what it looks like on the other side of the cross. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, and, and, and here, here's Jesus again with wood. Remember we said he's a carpenter, and he, the cross, you know, and then the table made of wood, and the bridge, and now we've got a boat taking people to the other side. So church, my prayer is this, that we will get a revelation today about how to get to the other side. And the other side of the cross is full of righteousness, peace, and joy, and I want it all. And you don't get it until you unplug from the world. You don't get it until you say, you know what? I'm no longer satisfied with the things of this world. I want all my joy to come from Jesus. Do you know why it's so sad and depressing to get satisfaction from this world? Because at any time, it can disappear. At any time. Even our spouses who we love so much, we're not promised to have our entire life with them on this earth. So be praying for a pastor here locally. His wife has went on to glory. So be praying for them in that church. But we'll see them on the other side. That's the promise. The promise is not spending all of our life with our spouse. So while, yes, we can expect some joy from that relationship, that's, listen, 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 that's not the source of all of our joy. That's not the source of all of our peace. Because if that is the source of it all, what happens when they pass? It's very dangerous to put all of your stock in something on this earth. Because this earth is disappearing. The Bible says that if you can see it, it's temporary. But if you can't see it, it's eternal. So you know what? I'm glad that even with contacts, I can't see righteousness. I'm glad that I can't see peace. I'm glad that I can't see joy in the Holy Spirit. Do you know why I'm glad? Because it must last forever because I can't see it. All right? Hope I didn't lose you because some of you look confused. All right. 
We're in Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. He says, let's cross to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So there's this storm. Water's filling the boat. The disciples are going crazy. Jesus is asleep. Righteousness, peace, joy. Jesus, wake up. Don't you care that we're dying? Righteousness, peace, joy. What? He said, his word was, let's go to the other side. His word never fails. So that's why he was asleep, because he was enjoying righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And what we have received from the kingdom, we can also extend to others who don't belong to the kingdom. So he woke up, they woke him up. He goes to the front of the boat. Remember, he's sleeping. He's filled with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost because he was baptized with the Holy Ghost, remember? And he goes to the front of the boat speaks to the storm, something that's already in him by the spirit that cannot be seen, and says, peace, be still. And they were astonished that even the wind and the waves obeyed him, and they said, what kind of man is this? I'll tell you what kind of man he was. He's the same kind of man that is sitting in this church today if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord. The kingdom of God is near. He is in you. You have the same power and authority to speak righteousness over a situation. You have the same authority and power to speak peace over a situation. And you have the same authority and power to speak joy. When my father died, there was a great hole that filled my life. And I told many people, because I have preached many funerals, and I said, you can't leave that hole empty. Because if you leave that hole empty, every time you think about your loved one that passed, it'll make you sad. Because all you'll see is the emptiness there. So you got to start filling that hole right away with good memories and good things so that Pain won't always be associated with their memory because that was my prayer. God, every time I think about my dad, I cry. I get sad. I don't want that to be the legacy. I don't want to just be sad when I think about it. And do you know what he gave me? Something from the kingdom. He gave me joy. He gave me joy to be able to say, praise God that was your father. Praise God that you were born to Edward and Shirley Tibbs. Praise God they raised you in the church. Praise God, they filled you with the word. So what once was emptiness and sadness, joy came from out of me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me and we are members of his kingdom. We have righteousness, we have peace, and we have joy all in the Holy Ghost. I think we should praise God about that. All right, last passage. So if you're placing Grubhub orders, you can place that now. Our last passage was the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. The Lord's Prayer helped his disciples gain spiritual focus. They saw all the many things Jesus did, 
But they didn't say, Jesus, teach me how to walk on water. Or Jesus, teach me how to spit in mud and put it on eyes and they see. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Church, can you say that? Lord, teach me to pray. And here's what Jesus said. After this manner, therefore, pray. All right, church, what is prayer? Prayer is communication. It is divine communication with God. It is someone God will hear. It is communication between someone God will hear and God. God's, the word says that he doesn't hear the prayer of the sinner. The prayer must, the, the sinner must first come to the cross, must be first saved, and then he hears our prayers, all right? So to pray means that I have gained access to God, that I don't need to go through a priest, I don't need to go through a pastor, I don't have to call a prayer line, I don't have to send an email, that I've got a relationship now that allows me to talk to God and he hear me. After this manner, pray ye our. Church say our. So there was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, standing with his disciples. There was this sinless man full of the Holy Spirit, part man and part God, Mary's divine baby, standing with sinful flesh, and he said, our is powerful to me. Our lets me know that this prayer that I'm praying right now that not only can Jesus pray, but we can pray too. Our. Our means white. Our means black. Our means Republican and Democrat. Our means England and India and Africa. Our means everybody who is a part of Jesus Christ. That our is powerful. Our Father, not just this God that we don't know, not just the God that rains down fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, not just the God that says, let there be light and there was light, not that just this majestic and powerful King Almighty Adonai, but Abba. Jesus was teaching them to pray. And he said, our Father. So when you've been born again and when you've been given access and entrance into the kingdom of God, God becomes your father. And that changes everything. Our father, which art in heaven. So where is the father? He's in heaven. Yes, his spirit is everywhere, but we know that his throne is in heaven, and that's where he is. And Jesus came down to the earth, and as they looked up into the sky and said, Our Father who art in heaven, that let us know that every good thing comes from our Father above. That let us know that heaven gets all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. That let us know that joy does not come from earthly things. But joy is a spiritual thing. And our connection to the Father is not the natural Father. He didn't send the 12 disciples to go look for their natural daddies. He just stood there and said, our Father. Meaning that we were the children of the Most High God. 
And then they said, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means worthy of praise or to praise like hallelujah. Hallowed be thy name. And then he said this, Jesus said this, told them to pray this, thy kingdom come. What is his kingdom? What was to come? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Thy kingdom come. Not so much the throne of God and, and the new Jerusalem and we go there to be with him. That'll be one day, but that, that was 2,000 years ago they prayed this and we can still pray this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How do we get God's will to be done? We pick up our crosses, we deny ourselves, and we follow him. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What happened to God's competition in heaven? Gone. God has no competition in heaven nor on earth. So when we pray, we say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank God for our daily bread. And listen to this. And forgive us our debts or our sins or our trespasses, however you read it, as we forgive our debtors. That, that scripture never hit me like it did this last time I read it. It says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. It doesn't say when we do it, but as we do it. So listen, so if, I've, if I'm full of, if I got a sin in me that I want gone, all right, and she has, for an example, sinned against me. If I want my sin to be removed, then I've got to say, sister, I forgive you. And as I forgive her of her sins, then I'm forgiven as well. Well, pastor, is that Bible? Is that scripture? Yes, it is. The Bible says that if we don't forgive others of their sins, that we won't be forgiven of ours. So that woman, that man, that family member, that store clerk that you're mad at and you won't forgive, that's your own prison. I'm almost done. You guys look hungry. I'm almost done. And lead us not into temptation. The way that we are not led into temptation is because we have the Holy Spirit now who leads us into righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. The kingdom of God is within. We don't have to look without. We don't have to look outside of us for righteousness. We don't have to look outside of us for peace, nor do we have to look outside of us for joy. It's all living on the inside as the Holy Spirit has come to lead us and to guide us into all truth and to show us that the kingdom of God is near, it is at hand, and it is within us. Father, I pray now for those that have heard this message for their lives to be forever changed. Because as soon as we get home, this flesh is going to rise up. It's going to think that joy is going to come from raiding the snacks. It's going to think that joy comes from watching Netflix. It's going to think joy comes from shopping online or going to the mall or gossiping or all these earthly things. When we do that, God, because we will, none of us are without fault or without sin. 
But when we do that, Holy Spirit, you've got an assignment on this earth. And we relinquish to you the responsibility of keeping us in check. Because sometimes we go astray. Holy Spirit, will you remind us that we already have everything we need in Christ? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Father, everywhere the devil thinks that he has dominion in our lives and the lives around us, may we carry the kingdom into those places. May we pronounce righteousness over our unsaved family members, friends, and neighbors. May we pronounce peace over those things that are in confusion and in turmoil in our lives. And where there is sadness, whether it be around us or in us, may we be able to say, joy. May the joy of the Lord come and be my strength and be our strength in this moment. We pray these things in Jesus' name.